To kick off the show this morning is an American R&B singer, restauranteur, docu-series superstar. She was a member of the original Ikeettes in the Ike and Tina Turner Review before launching her own solo music career. She has sang back up to Stevie Wonder, Barbara Streisand, and the Rolling Stones. She later created the uber-successful Sweetie Pie's Restaurant franchise. And unless you've been living under a rock for the last decade, you saw her star in the award-winning Oprah Winfrey Network's docu-series, Welcome to Sweetie Pie's, for which she won not one, but two NAACP Image Awards. The author of Sweetie Pie's Cookbook, she is affectionately known as Miss Robbie to millions of adoring fans all over this country. Welcome to the show, Robbie Montgomery. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Okay, I got to start by full disclosure. Robbie is my aunt, and I love her to pieces. So don't fault me during this interview because I'm going to be fangirling on her uh, throughout the next 20 or 30 minutes or so. But when I think about Black women trailblazers, I really couldn't think of anyone more accomplished than you. You have broken so many barriers. I want to start, so much to start with, and I was doing my research on you last night to make sure I didn't miss anything. There was so much, but I got to start with your iconic music career with, uh, Tina Turner and the Ikeettes. Uh, and I went back and I found these beautiful pictures of you. Uh, and then I read this article about uh, Tina, who was interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. And Tina started to tear up, saying that you had been like a little sister to her and you helped her through some of her darkest days. And then I read that you watched that interview and you teared up. So yes. tell us what it was like working, you know, touring as a black woman in the 60s and the 70s with Tina Turner and, and Ike Turner. Well, you know, everything was segregated then. So we, it was like 20 of us and we were all like a family. So we did everything together. I mean, we, we never mingled with other people because we were self-contained. So being with them was like being with my family away from home. And it was just a wonderful experience. I learned a whole lot. I mean, you hear a lot of things about those days and what people think, but we were just a wonderful family together. We leaned on each other. And was it because you all were always together, Robbie, that that helped kind of uh, buffer some of the segregation and some of the, you know, the nasty racial things that were happening in the country during that time period? It really did because we, we went places. I mean, we did everything together because of segregation. I mean, you couldn't go to the bathroom. So we only had each other. We did our hair together because, you know, you couldn't go to the beauty salons because things were segregated. So it was just a wonderful experience for me leaving home with a group like that, being protected. We kind of looked out for each other. Ike was, you hear all the bad things, but Ike was like a father to us. And I learned a whole lot from him. And a lot of things I learned from Ike, I applied to my business today. But back then we thought he was mean and, and you know, but I realized that this was his brand and he wanted to make sure it was right, no matter Tina, Ikeettes or whoever was in that review, we had to do everything on point because this was his brand. I didn't know that then, but now I realize it having my own brand. So I know, you know, you started with Ike and Tina Turner, but you then have performed for some of, you know, music greats, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, uh, you know, some of the biggest artists, you know, who are working in the music business today. What was that like? Here you are, this young girl from St. Louis uh, yeah, on tour with these big, you know, these big musicians. 
you know, what was that like? It was really amazing because at the time when we moved to L.A., I never knew anything about the background scene. But after we moved to L.A., I found out there was a whole different world being a background singer. And we got the opportunity to sing behind all these people, Nancy Sinatra, that I'd never heard of. But, you know, they all used background singer. Black girls, in fact, that was the main thing. Uh, I left home St. Louis with a blues singer called named Earl Hooker. And I was the only girl back then. Like I said, everything was segregated. The hotels, we maybe had three hotels to live in. And I was the only girl with this group. So I was really bashful. The bathrooms were in the hall of these hotels. You didn't have it in your room. And so I was really bashful. We traveled in a station wagon because, you know, they were struggling too. And this was my first opportunity to go on the road. And so when I got to California, I realized that there was a click and I was able to get into that click and all the work went to these same people all the time. And I was able to get into that click and that's how I met all these other people, Nancy Sinatra, Barbara Streisand, the girls had all these jobs that were contractors and they would hire different black singers to put a background on all these groups, albums. Uh, back in that day, they didn't have CDs, but it was albums. So it was really wonderful, an experience that I'll probably never get again, but it was my road to where I ended up. And you know, Robbie, we always hear about uh, black singers in particular, Aretha Franklin and so many of the icons that, that we look up to getting their start in the music business in church. So what was your inspiration to start singing as a little girl? It was in church, <laughs> in the Baptist church, True Life Baptist Church in St. Louis. The pastor was Reverend Clapton. And I remember I would go to choir rehearsal and, you know, never really thought that I would make it as a singer. But then later on, started doing little gigs with the bands around St. Louis. And that's how I met Ike. I was with a guy named Art Lassender, who I ended up having a kid with. And so he introduced us to Ike. And uh, we made our first record, and it was a hit. Oh. It was a hit. And at that time, I was pregnant, Tina was pregnant, and one of the other girls was pregnant. So we made the song Fool in Love, and it hit. So after everybody had their baby, except Tina, she went on the road pregnant. But I stayed around because I was with the group Earl Hooker. So when I came and approached me, he said, the record is a hit. And if you come with me, as long as I got a job, you got one. And that ended up being true. Uh, we just ended up leaving on our own for bigger and better things because we realized this was his brand and we would never really uh, be successful with his brand. So we had decided to go and leave and start our own thing. So I, I've got to fast forward because there's so much to talk yeah. about. So, so fascinating to hear about those times, you know, growing up in St. Louis, you know, segregation and touring. Uh, but you eventually left California and you moved back to our hometown, St. Louis, and you opened the first Sweetie Pies restaurant. And yes. it's on this street. If anybody's ever been to St. Louis and maybe you've been to Sweetie Pies, it's, it's on West Florissant. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you're using your mother's recipes, cooking good old fashioned soul food. Oh, uh, and I never, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember coming home one year, coming over to the restaurant, looking for you, thinking you'd be out front. And I find you in the kitchen cooking apron and all because that, you know, and it shocked me, like, here you are, this this famous singer in the back cooking, you know, in this restaurant. So, and I'm sure that was the experience that many people didn't expect you to be so hands-on. 
But Ariva, today I'm still hands-on. I go to work every day. If the, uh, the employees mess up something, I get back there, cook it, show it to them. I mean, I'm still in there literally yesterday cooking and uh, I'm late now. So <laughs> they're waiting on me, but I enjoy, you know, I, I'm a people person and I like to be hands-on because I want to make sure that it's just right, the best that I can do for my customers because I'm dependent on them to come back. So I want them to get the best and I love it. I love going out, holding the babies. I tell everybody, okay, I'm going to go out and kiss babies now. So I go out and do that and mingle with the customers. It's amazing how much love that the world has shown me, you know, doing my process of trying to go get where I'm going. But it, it's wonderful. And when I'm in there, I make sure that it tastes right. If it don't taste right to me, it's not going out. Well, I can attest to that. Like I said, I, I found you in the kitchen cooking when I went to visit you on a trip home to St. Louis. But did you ever think this little small restaurant on West Florissant, that you would go from there to being on the covers of magazines and being heralded as one of the top, you know, restauranteurs in this nation? Right. I never realized that, but my goal wasn't to be the best, but I, whatever I do, I try to put all my all in it. So I, when I went home to St. Louis, I realized doing my travels, every time I would go to the little black restaurants were just, you know, not, not five star, but I mean, they had spittoons on, in the restaurant and things like that. And I was like, one day, if I ever have to do this, on the road, let me back up. On the road, everything was segregated. So when we get to a motel that had a kitchenette, that's what we called it back. They had a little kitchen. I was the only one that could cook. <laughs> so on those off days, we would make something. We had this electric skillet that we carried every place and a two burner hot plate. <laughs> and we carried that. Our, our equipment was a skillet. So we, I knew how to fix everything in that one pot. So that's how it started. So I ended up with the lung problem. And I was like, well, I didn't die. So I got to do something so I can cook. Everybody likes me. So that's where I'm headed for. I went out, I found, and bagging up, nobody inspired me. Nobody inspired. Every road I turned to, there was a block. There was a block. But I was determined that I didn't die. So this wasn't the end of my life. I'm going for it. And that's what I did. I would tell people, oh, I'm opening the soul food. they like, Soul food, you better open a salad bar. I'm like, thank God I didn't. <laughs> thank God you me. followed your first mind, right? Yes, yes, because I believed in me. A man told me, Mr. Strauss, who owns the Fox in St. Louis, he told me, he said, well, this is your dream. Don't expect people to be excited to you because I would tell somebody and they're like, soul food, that greasy stuff. So people would just beat me down. My, my hopes would be up so high. They would say something negative and I'll lose my strength and my power. And he said to me one day, this is your dream. So nobody believes in it. So I took that and I, I mean, every way I went, I was turned blocked, blocked. No loan, no nothing. I couldn't get any help. Just everything was negative. But I said, I'm going on because I believe in it. And that's what I did. And it ended up, I mean, at 70 something, I ended up getting the uh, Welcome to Sweetie Pie show. I never even imagined that. All I knew to do was sing. Well, let's move forward to okay. that because here you have, like you said, this successful restaurant in St. Louis and, and Oprah Winfrey comes knocking. Yeah. So you have this uber successful docu-series runs on the Oprah Winfrey Network for nine seasons, which is unheard of for a reality show. You yeah. win two 
NAACP Image Awards, you become like a fan favorite. Fans, you know, people are driving to St. Louis, you know, uh, hundreds of miles away to come to Sweetie Pies to meet Miss Robbie. But I, I want to show a clip, uh, Miss Robbie, because you weren't uh, the, the sweet, charming lady we we're watching today. <laughs> you gave a lot of tough love during that show. Let's take a look at a clip. That's ridiculous. You ain't that good. I'm, I'm the best, and I don't put four pairs in that pack. My staff calls it custom and fussing, but in the restaurant business, we call it quality control. Don't give them that old grease-ass chicken. Oh, it's up in here today. Y'all finna give me a heart attack back in this kitchen. Let me get my ass out of here. Who is makes me sick? And that's what's going on here. If it's your business, I think you should put your all into it. I mean, this is my livelihood. If my business doesn't make it, I don't make it. These cabbage are ugly. They brown looking. There's always something going wrong or not up to par that I wouldn't know about if I wasn't hands on. Where's your trash can? It should be right here by the sink, y'all. I don't want to have to walk way over here to put my paper towel in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one of thousands of clips that we found where, where you're giving good, some of that good old St. Louis tough love. But despite you fussing and cussing, as they said, you have fans like all over this planet that just, you, say, you know, I say your name and people just go, oh, my God, I love her. Yeah. So what do you think it is that you can cuss somebody out in one breath and the next breath they're saying you're one of their favorite people? Because you know what people always say, you remind me of my grandmother, you remind me of my aunt. I had an aunt that cursed all the time. I loved her. I would just follow, go over her house just to hear. She used to say, she used to use bad words and say, Don't do like I, you know, don't do what you want to do, do like I say do. And so I just took that and applied it to being my own natural self. And I did it, and it ended up people like, I love you, Miss Robin. You're, you're like my auntie. So, I mean, the love that I received being like somebody's aunt or grandmother was just amazing. It was amazing. And I love people, and I believe in everybody. I really do. People tell me all the time, you're just naive. My mother used to say, you're just green. But I believed in these people, and I would give second chances to the prisoners because I always wanted to do something. Like I say, I'm a people person. I would help the charities, make sure that the kids had things during Christmas because I love doing that and I love people and everybody's nice to me. So I have no reason to be mean to them. And that's what I think is a part of my success, being like somebody's grandmother, they aren't cussing and fussing, but that makes the world go round in my world. <laughs> well, I, I, again, can attest to the fact you've given so many jobs to hundreds yeah. of folks. And as you said, a lot of people who, you know, maybe had addiction issues, substance abuse issues, maybe have been incarcerated, people who, you know, couldn't get jobs otherwise. Right. And then again, I can remember coming home, coming into the restaurant and seeing folks that I knew who had fallen on hard times, but seeing them working behind that steam uh, line at Sweetie Pies and feeling so proud that you yeah. were folks that I myself knew really needed a hand up, uh, a second yeah. chance. So yes. it's been a blessing to so many folks. And along the way, you entertain people. Two NAACP Image Awards wow. on red carpets in Hollywood, uh, representing St. Louis. And, and just, and then I got to ask you about Miss Oprah Winfrey. Yes. I found these photos where Oprah came to St. Louis you know, hundreds of people outside, you know, trying to get a glimpse of Oprah. What was it like working with, you know, the, the queen of television? 
you know what? She was a very nice person. She kind of reminded me of Tina. She's down to earth, like, you know, just like, like I try to be. And when that day that nobody told me she was coming and I was back there cooking and I heard this voice say, where's Miss Robbie? And I'm like, who is that? And I knew it sounded like her, but I couldn't imagine because they didn't tell us. But honey, that day made made my day. I didn't bother her that much. They had to sit down with her, but it was just a blessing because she had never been seen, seen uh, you know, been to the restaurant. I think we had been on about a year or something like that. So I didn't even have a clue. I wasn't ever expecting to meet her because this was business. And when she showed up, she and Gail, and uh, it was just uh, phenomenal. I mean, everybody in St. Louis came. But after that, buses started coming. I mean, people from all over the world, tour buses made it. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. they was coming, eating this food and looking for Miss Robbie. So this was just amazing to me. I'm like, these people coming there. Then we had gotten so they'll call ahead and we got three buses coming at 12. I mean, it just got so big that I never really, to this day, I feel like it's not really, really real, but it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I'll tell my employees, treat these people right because they pay us 50 restaurants before they get here. They don't have to come here. So I believe in doing unto others as they do to me. So it was just really amazing. Amazing. I didn't want to gloss over the fact that you said a lot of this success came to you when you were in your 70s. In 70s. So I tell people all the time, don't ever give up because you never know. And now... I've got these restaurants and now I'm back in the studio doing my first video. I've never had a record on my own because I was always backgrounding somebody. And once you get into that little hole, they don't let you out. You have to just crawl your way out. So now I'm down in Mississippi. I have a restaurant down here. I'm down here making sure that this doesn't fail. And so uh, I'm in the studio doing my video. I did five songs and I'm getting ready to get back out there. And I'm like, people, music business changed so much. I don't know anybody, but I'm determined that I'm gonna get back out there and get that one hit. I told uh, Kwanzi, who's my manager, I said, I'm gonna be the oldest person to get a, a Grammy. So that's, that's what I'm working on now, yeah. So you're never too old. I love it. So you revived your singing career. Yes. 40 years not singing. You said you're picking up that microphone again. Again, I tell him not, but I didn't put the pot down. At first I used to say, well, I put down that mic and picked up a pot. Well, I got the pot and the mic now. So I'm trying to get back out there and just looking forward to another going back into the singing. What advice, and I know there's tons of advice. We could be here for hours talking to you, but you know, there's, there's some young woman sitting out there who's given up on their dream, may feel like they don't have what it takes. And your story of overcoming so many, you know, so much adversity, yes. uh, from segregation to having a, you know, a health challenge to having to start from scratch in the restaurant business. You know, what advice would you give to, to young women today? I give the same advice Mr. Strauss gave to me. It's your dream. You believe in it. If you don't get any help, it's your dream and you can go for it. And I feel if I did it, anybody could do it. If, if that's your dream and you do whatever it takes, if you have to work on an ice cream truck, do it. And then keep your dream, keep your sight focused and it'll, it can happen. I'm a firm believer in that. 
So like I say, I, I'm digging hard now to get back out there. All the people I knew when I was in the music business are either dead or out of the music business. So I'm fighting to get back out there and I'm determined I'm going to do it. Well, I, I, I saw you, you in LA. You were at the Academy, uh, a bar and grill, jazz bar here in Los Angeles, uh, performing. I had an opportunity to come yes, and, you did. Yeah. And, and see one of your performances. So, uh, and I remember I came over, uh, you were still on the show then, but you were taping a segment for the show. You were in the studio out in the valley. Yes, so you came. Out with you a little uh, as you were performing then. So again, yes. a test to your uh, music chops are still there. When right. do you think this new uh, album, as you're calling it, when is it going to come out? When are we going to? Going we're, we're, we're supposed to shoot the video uh, Monday, but it was cold here. I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, and it was cold, so we postponed it. And, you know, getting things in order lined up, because even at that concert that you came to, I was so scared nobody was going to show up. I prayed and I prayed, and the place was packed. Uh, I was yeah. like, oh, Lord, I'm just so afraid. And I still got that fear, but I'm, I'm going, I'm the type of person, hey, I'm going for it. If I don't get it, I never would have known if I didn't try. So yeah. that's how I'm going for the music again and praying that it works out. Well, you'll keep us posted when that's going to come out. I just want to say you're in Mississippi, as you said, new restaurant, uh, attracting stars, uh, making yeah. headlines with, with, you know, Deion Sanders, NFL great, oh. stopped by the restaurant. Uh, took yes. some lovely pictures with you. Uh, we know he was promoting those on his social media channel, saying that, you know, uh, Sweetie Pies in Jackson uh, yes. now is going to be his, uh, you know, go-to restaurant. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's just blessings. God has shown me so much favor, and I'm really thankful. He comes all the time. He's been a great supporter. He brings his team, his coaches. I mean, I mean I'm just thankful for all the things that are happening to me. God has really shown me favor. And I say that it can happen to you. God never uh, looks back on his children. He treats them all the same. You just got to know what you're going to go for. Well, that, that's a perfect place to, for us to end this. Uh, again, thank you so much. I know you're super busy. The restaurant's calling you. I know yes. they want to get you back in that kitchen and out on that floor. Uh, I get to talk to you privately all the time, but I want yes, to share uh, your brilliance with my uh, audience uh, because so many people all over this you know, country and, and world really have watched you on television, watched your success, and they just love you. Uh, for your your giving spirit and, and your inspirational, uh, you, you just have such a lovely spirit, and you've always been that way. I can attest to that. Yeah, uh, Hollywood didn't change you. You know, no, didn't no. change you who you are. You were always this way, uh, and you right. continue to be such a bright light. Thank you for being and thank uh, you, one my darling. Blazers, and I'm proud of you also. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. That. God bless you. All right, we'll be talking soon. Okay. All right, bye bye, Thanks for joining me for this episode of a special report. Please take a moment to share, subscribe, and rate this podcast. I always want to hear your thoughts. You can share your comments with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn by following at Ariva Martin. Thanks and be safe out there.